Welcome to another episode of uh, Weaver Beyond the Numbers. I'm Jeremy Winkler, a partner in our Fort Worth office. I'm in the Audit Investment Funds Group. And this morning I am joined by Houston Beasley, um, who works for uh, Mariah Real Estate Company um, out of Midland, Texas. Yep. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. I guess um, the first thing, the, just because I happen to know a bit of your background, I know uh, you didn't jump into the alternative investments world immediately. So tell tell us a little bit about your journey into where you are now, and, and then tell us a little bit more about Mariah as well. Sure, yeah, I'll, I'll start with a bit of my history. Uh, so started in public accounting, uh, at, based here in Dallas with PwC, um, originated in audit in the oil and gas group, and. Uh, Pretty quickly, uh, my wife was interested in getting back home, uh, so we found a way back to Midland and continued in uh, in a financial reporting type focus at uh, a company based out of uh, Midland for a few years, and then at the beginning of nineteen, uh, transitioned over to uh, Mariah Real Estate, and at that point, transitioned out of the accounting focus and more on the uh, in the investment discipline. Over the last four years, and Mariah Real Estate Company is born out of the Mariah Group, which is the family office of the Brown family in Midland, Texas. Uh, it was co-founded by uh, Todd Brown and Al Branch in 2008, and really for the first 13 years functioned as a fundless sponsor. So. What would happen was Todd and Al, they would uh, go out and they'd find a deal and they'd, they'd come back to the Brown family and they'd say, hey, do, do you like the deal? They said, yeah, that's great. Uh, the Brown family typically write the largest check and then they'd go raise money uh, alongside them and, and, and really continued in that fundless sponsor uh, cadence until 2021 when we transitioned to a fund structure and, and launched with Fund One. Sure, sure. Um, okay, I'm glad that you mentioned 2021. I was like, I, I couldn't recall the specific yeah, yeah. year of launch, but so uh, perfect intro into um, the the sort of the focus of this podcast is kind of the emerging manager space. So with the launch of Fund One, um, I guess what were some of the obstacles that you ran into um, that you knew were going to be a challenge going in? Um, and, and perhaps were they more or less of a challenge than, than you'd originally anticipated? Yeah, so th there was a, certainly a familiarity in investing in real estate. I, I think uh, Todd now done a, a great job of that. So that was that piece was not a mystery and so we're fortunate there and, and really kind of took the same team. So the, the, the team alchemy was no different, right? Now we're just changing the sequencing of the fundraising, right? Instead of getting the deal first, we were getting the fundraising first. So. Um, we entered into that pretty that process pretty slowly. That discovery process uh, talked with a lot of people, and I think uh, you know I, I, when you do make that transition, there is certainly an increase in the amount of um, administrative uh, just re responsibility that you have to you have to have. And so um, the challenge there of making sure we aligned all of our service providers and an ecosystem that. Uh, fit us as managers was responsive to our investors um, and allowed uh, our our internal accounting team to work well um, was re really important for us. Sure, sure. Um, and were there any uh, pleasant surprises along the way as far as um, you know maybe maybe benefits of the fund structure that uh, you you again were pleasantly surprised. Um, the, the, to benefit from. Sure, I, I think uh, one, one of the best things that's 
happen for us operationally is just having that predictability and uh, reliability and stability of capital. Um, we know that if we can make an acquisition really quickly without having to put undue pressure on wh what would have been our, our legacy anchor investors in our fundless sponsor days, right? It's, it's not, from their perspective, it could seem like we were in a scramble when a, when a deal that may have a little hair on it was coming together. Um, but this way we can, we can smooth that experience for them and our broader invest, investor base uh, by being able to act quickly when we need to and, and make, uh, ha have the ability to make opportunistic investments without the appearance of a scramble. Sure, sure. Um, something that you mentioned a moment ago um, that, that I found interesting, I guess, how important um, has it been to, I guess, identify uh, a group of service providers that kind of work in a in a seamless fashion. I guess have you found that to be a benefit, or was that potentially a challenge? As far as uh, I'm assuming, there are more cooks in the kitchen now than there there previously yeah. were as a fundless sponsor. Uh, yeah, certainly more cooks, uh, but in a higher operating kitchen. Right, uh, this isn't grandma's kitchen. It's <laughs> and uh, it's a bit more sophisticated than that now, which is good. Um, but yeah, to your point, uh, you know, when we were looking for a fund administrator, when we were looking for uh, a bank uh, for our subscription line of credit and treasury, uh, and then when we were looking for an auditor and, and tax provider, we wanted all those to work and, and have some level of familiarity. And I think we've certainly found that, especially with Weaver, where they know our fund administrator, they know what matters to us as fan fund managers. This is not their first investment fund. They, they, there's no, uh, I, I don't think we've, we've yet surprised Weaver with anything. You've seen it, you're familiar with it. Um, and having that seamless connection bet uh, between our fund administrator and our, uh, who's feeding the audit and feeding the, the tax reporting um, has been tremendously helpful. And, and is really, as we've continued through on to fund two, helped us make that more of a, uh, from an administrative perspective, a rinse and repeat exercise as opposed to additional brain damage. Awesome, awesome. So you mentioned Fund2. Um, I know that's a newer, perhaps not brand new launch, but um, the, the what are some of the key takeaways from the Fund1 launch and raise process that you've taken into fun too, as far as best practices implemented. Um, it, have there been any changes of significance? I, you mentioned rinse and repeat, but. Yeah, uh, it, it, we're really fortunate. I think we, uh, certainly the first time you do anything is the most <laughs> complicated version of it. Uh, you don't know what you don't know. Uh, you know, even relationships as good as they may be, you're still figuring them out in that context. And so um, I, I think we've been really fortunate in that the lessons we learned from Fund One launch and subsequent ex execution, we've been able to carry into Fund Two. And so when we picked up the phone and called our fund administrator and called Weaver and you know called our bank, that was a, there was a level of familiarity. We were able to ski really in the wake of fund one and, and eliminate a lot of the headache of it. Um, and so I don't have a great answer as to where the, the points of consternation have been because they're just, there really haven't been any that are you know worth noting. It's just, it's been a, it's been a really kind of lovely process on fund two. Yeah, no, that's great. Uh, I suppose, yeah, maybe a better answer if you'd run into, a uh, more interesting answer if you'd run into problems, but uh, that's still, I feel like that's pretty invaluable insight that sort of, if you, you know, take the time to do it right the first time, um, it doesn't, 
it doesn't have to be a nightmare where you're you're learning lessons and and doing everything completely differently on fund two, fund three, right. and so on. Um, so I, I know that uh, something that emerging managers face is the the question, uh, perhaps whether it's in fund one or as they move on to the second and third iteration of their fund, um, is are you institutional ready? I suppose from uh, in-house capabilities and potentially service provider standpoint. Um, so uh, tell me a little bit about that. Do you feel um, like Mariah is quote unquote institutional ready with fund two and beyond? Um, and I guess, is that something that's, that's really a component of your current strategy? Sure, yeah. Uh, historically and currently, the lion's share of our investors have been family offices. And so they've been uh, excellent, excellent partners and really fit our opportunistic strategy well. Uh, that said, we've certainly, as we've set things up and set the structure up, uh, set it up in such a way that we believe we're institutional ready. And so when, again, thinking about fund administrator, you know, annual audits and, 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 t and all the compliance of tax reporting as well in a timely manner. We think we think we're there and think uh, that we'd be ready should we decide to go down an institutional route. So so with the um, the fund, the fund audit and, and tax compliance process, I know there's sometimes some some fear and consternation that that's going to be a horrible inconvenience um, or that, uh, yeah, you're just totally unprepared for the process. Um, what was what was your experience with Fund One as far as um, was it a was it a major hassle or um, yeah I guess what was your experience with with audit and tax yeah certainly on the first audit there's it's more of a headache right and and the, I think the lesson we learned there is the areas where we had hundred percent of the documentation just stacked together you know signed sealed and ready to go it was a really seamless process and so. Um, it, it was a less seamless process where we had to go chase down, you know, a certain element or a certain piece of uh, information. And so I, I would say, you know, our, our accounting team and our administrative team in-house did an excellent job communicating with Weaver. Uh, Weaver did an excellent job communicating back and working through that. And now that we've gone through two audit cycles, uh, it, it, I think it was much, much uh, more seamless. and ready to just kind of, again, get in that rinse and repeat mode and, uh, and, and move forward. Sure, sure. Yeah, it's always better when it's a collaborative approach yeah. as opposed to a potentially adversarial one. Yes. never want that. And, and, that's been, and that's been our experience here. I think, you know, where when we hit a snag on the audit or a question, y'all just picked up the phone and called. And usually it took about a 15 minute call to figure out exactly was, what it was that we needed. Uh, and we were able to get that to you and get, and get moving. And so certainly relative to uh, my early uh, public accounting days, I thought this audit was <laughs> a much easier process to get through. Um, and I think that's due in large part due to the structure of the audit and how you how you interacted with us as clients. Sure, that's excellent to hear. All right, well, thanks so much for joining another episode of uh, Weaver Beyond the Numbers. Uh, please visit our website to view this and other episodes. Uh, thanks again. Mm -hmm.